Hello, everyone. This is Jess from Joint Laughter Podcast, and I'm here with the spectacular, the one and only, the man behind the mic, Mr. Dana Buckler from the Dana Buckler Show. Good afternoon. How are you today, Jess? Oh, I'm doing just fine, and it's what a pleasure it is to see you and get this opportunity to interview you. Well, the pleasure is all mine. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I don't know what I'm in for, but uh, okay, let's do it. Okay, because uh, you've been podcasting and interviewing for 10 years now. Yes. Which is admirable. Thank you. As a podcaster myself, I can only hope and wish to be where you are right now. That That's very kind of you to say thank you. And I'm a big fan of your show, so thank you for uh, happy to sit down and uh, and have this conversation with you. Well, that's a thank you. That's a huge compliment. Your committed and devoted listeners want to know. They need to know who you are behind the scenes, raw, the casual day to day Dana living in your daily life without a recorder. So tell us, Dana, who are you on a daily basis? Tell me about you, and what attracted you to podcasting. Well, that's uh, that's a really uh, broad question. So I will try to not give the, you know, most long winded answer, which is yeah, some, right. something I'm famous for. <laughs> so who am I in my day to day? So let's start there. Okay. So I'm 45 years old. I live in Florida. I run a restaurant. I think a lot of my listeners already know that. What's, so what, what restaurant would that be? So it's a restaurant in downtown Ocala called Ivy on the square. And it is the best way for me to describe it is it's not fine dining, but it's certainly not casual dining. It's, it's somewhere in between there. So it's the ty- type of place where a couple can come in there and go to dinner and spend, you know, 80 to a hundred dollars or if you're trying to impress some business clients, you can come in there and just blow it up. Actually, you know? I've been to this restaurant and it's absolutely delicious. It's wonderful. Thank and you. Thank just you. Just to see Dana there as the manager and he just takes wonderful care of everyone who walks through those doors. Yeah. Well, I, I genuinely have hospitality in my heart. So yes, I, I tried my best to uh, uh, the people that walk through the door are the reason why we're open. Uh, they come first. A hundred percent of the time they come first, that. everybody else. I'm not saying the employees come second, but without the customers or guests walking through the door, there's no point in, in us. Even and you know, open. you demonstrate that yes. because every time I've been there, I've had nothing but the top notch service and well, care. Thank you. That's what we strive for. And the for. food's pretty darn good too. That is what we strive for. They make a great for. filet. They do. Well, I do. Absolutely do. So, um, so that is what I do as a quote unquote real job. Um, and you know, you ask me what my day to day is like, you know, I'm the type of person I get up early, sometimes usually between 5.30 and 6.00 AM. I love to have a little coffee in the morning and just sort of, I don't want to use the term decompress, but get myself energized. I think your day. listeners want to know, what do you take in your coffee? Uh, well, you know, I, um, we want to know everything. Dana. Okay. No, that's fair enough. That's a fair question. So I would say that, um, I use some type of sugar-free flavored creamer, just a little dash of French vanilla or hazelnut. A little or whatever. dab will do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, and then I'm usually, I uh, usually will go to the gym, you know, and after, after coffee for, uh, you know, 45 minutes to an hour, I, I try to go to the gym at least four to five times you go to a week the gym after drinking coffee. I do. How I many do. cups do you have? I, I usually have a cup and a half and then I regret it every time I go to the gym. That's what I was yeah, thinking. Yeah, I yeah. always do. I always do I'll sneak up on you. Then I'm going to swing by my restaurant. I'm going to just do a little bit of administrative work and then I will go back home. I will then sit in front of my laptop and do podcast editing because I have at least 10 episodes that have been recorded that I have yet to to put out there. So how many uh, hours would you say you put into editing? Well, you know, I think there's a rule of thumb that I've always used when it comes to podcast editing. So 
If I was to sit down and do a nonstop edit of one of my shows, it's usually the length of the recording times two and a half. So if it's an hour long recording, it's usually going to take me two and a half hours straight through, but I cannot sit for two and a half hours straight. Editing is an incredibly monotonous task. It's something that you cannot rush. So it's something I also take very serious. And it's, uh, I would like to say it's sort of the bane of my podcasting existence because I love to record. That's the, that's the fun stuff, but the post-production takes a long time. So would you say that, uh, there's, that's a lot of work into podcasting. I mean, you, oh, put, yeah. you put a lot of, no one really knows. Everyone wants to be, Oh, podcasting looks like fun. Yeah. I think I'm going to start a new podcast. Yeah. They don't look into what work goes into the podcasting. There's so a, how many hours a week would you say you actually put into editing? Not as much as I would like because my schedule doesn't allow for it. But I would say I probably put in 25 to 30 hours a week. Now, if, if, and that's a good week. But the, the restaurant industry, that job keeps me incredibly busy. So I'm 55 hours, 55, 60 hours a week at the restaurant. And then I have to have a day to just decompress. Decompress, yes. You know, that's usually on Sunday. So some, I understand you yeah. do at the restaurant also dinner and a movie. I do. So it was something that we started about three years ago. The restaurant shut down for, for COVID, you know, like, like most businesses did. And we were shut down for six weeks. And when it looked like, because we live in Florida, so, you know, I'm not going to get into the politics of it, but Florida certainly uh, was businesses in Florida were given the opportunity to open up um, earlier than other parts of the country yes, and, and indeed other parts of the and world. Thank God, because I'm a salon. So, so, so we, when we were, when it looked like we were going to be given the green light to open up, you know, I, you know, the owners and I were kicking around a lot of ideas on how to drum up some business. And I, you know, we sort of came up with the the notion that, you know, we've got this private room that already has audio visual capabilities because we host business dinners and whatnot in there. And it, you know, it has a sound bar and subwoofer and all that stuff. And I said, well, why don't we uh, show a movie and serve dinner and see if somebody, anybody wants to show up to this. And, you know, the first movie I did was the 2004. Before you go any further, yeah, I yeah. want to get a really good picture and for yeah. all the listeners as well. And anybody yeah. who wants to come into the Ivy and do your dinner in a movie. Yeah. You are in character. What do you do? You wear a certain uniform. Yeah. How does, so, what so, is, how does, how do you get into this? What, it, what well, is it about? So, so the, the theme of the restaurant is sort of a 1930s, you know, downtown just at the end of prohibition. So, you know, you know, the staff members, cool. the, the men that work there wear like the newspaper boy hats, oh, like, yeah. like the pinky blinders the pinky type blinders. of Blinders. Oh, sexy. And, uh, yeah, I typically wear all. Do you black. have a blade in your hat? I don't know. So if no. any customers are getting out of line, you could just slit their throats. Yeah, that's uh, that's frowned upon a little bit. So uh, I, I don't. You know, I'm just packing heat. Mm. You know, I'm just kidding. Okay, I'm kidding. You, got, you got me again because right. it's in Florida. Got my attention. Um, so so what will happen is you know people will show up for the movie night, and I will uh, get up and talk to the group and give an introduction to the film, sort of okay. Turner classic movie style for about okay. five or ten minutes. And, and how give, many people? Um, yeah. So typically it's between 16 and 20 people. That's, that's the maximum that I want to put in there. I want everybody to be comfortable and enjoy themselves. It's a very romantic thing for couples. Oh yeah. No. And that's, that's the, that's my bread and butter. I get a lot of couples that come in there. So. You know, that sounds so nice. I would probably rather go to what you're describing yeah. with the great ambiance 
the movie. You can pick what movie you want to do. It's just like going to the movie well, theater. Well, yeah, no, no. And see, what sets apart is I'm the one that programs most of the movies. So, you know, you And we could, all know you have impeccable taste. Yeah, I mean, I've, really I've, do. I've done everything from My Cousin Vinny to the 1989 classic Roadhouse. Oh, with all With all categories in between. I did 16 Ooh, Candles last week. Yes. You know, I'm doing Pretty Woman in a week. And, so how many people, okay, so Pretty Woman, how yeah. many people does that draw? Well, when I announced Pretty Woman, it sold out in five minutes. Mm-hmm. 20, 20, all 20 seats sold out in five minutes. And that's, that's that I think that speaks to the power of that particular film. Um, yeah, no, no, that's, so that's, that's kind of what I do. That's my, my day-to-day activities. So you do dinner and movie. Uh-huh. You go to work, the manager okay. at Ivy House. Yeah, yeah. You do a lot of editing. I do a lot of editing. Do some recording. And then on your days off, mm-hmm. what do you, how do you spend your days off? Well... You know, it please depends. tell me you do something other than sitting around editing all day. Oh no, no, on my days off, I listen. I'm, I'm like I said, I'm in my 40s. You know, I've kind of dedicated the past 30 years to whatever job that I've been doing. So over the past few months, I've really made that decision to kind of get out there and try to live life a little bit more. Good, you know, good not for you. not work as many Saturdays. Saturday, you know, in the restaurant industry, Fridays and Saturdays are big days. Do you and, think COVID kind of changed the Saturday thing? Because I usually just dedicated my Saturdays at work to oh, I have to I have to be there for people who work Monday through Friday. Yeah, so. yeah. No, I just I've I, listen. You know, John Travolta once told me when I had him on the show that you know you have to enjoy the finer things in life from time to time. And okay, so advice. So I have uh, you know I've been taking trips. You know, visiting friends, family, you know, hanging out with a special, a certain someone, a certain oh. special someone. So good for you. Yeah, yeah. Good so, for you. So it's been good. Okay. It's been good. Well, good. So how would your colleagues describe you? My colleagues? Um, well, I would say the colleagues that I work with would describe me as being uh, dedicated to the, the profession that I'm in. Um, I would also say that I do not classify myself as a micromanager. I think the people that I've hired to, you know, work at the restaurant that I run, I hired them to do a job and I leave them alone. And then if, you know, if something, if, you know, shit goes sideways, that's when I'll step in and, and offer assistance. But I would consider myself to be a pretty down to earth, pretty easygoing guy. And, uh, I think, but they would also describe me as probably having a pretty good sense of humor and, uh, I want work to be a fun environment because anyone that's worked that. in the restaurant industry knows that that can be a really stressful place. Yes. Uh, how would you describe, like, for the people who don't know what you look like, mm-hmm. how would you describe how you look? Um, well, I, I've never really given that much thought. I, I'm, uh, I, I, I don't know. You have a pretty immaculate beard. I well, thank you. Myself. Thank you. You know, you know, it's fun, fun story about that. I decided to grow a beard when I was 39 years old and it came in gray. <laughs> Right away. Now it's more well, white. Well, you're lucky because I usually come in red on most men. Right. So so that's fine. That, and that's all well to do. No, I would describe myself. I, you know what? I can't describe myself. I, I, you know, I don't know how people view me that way. So I, I like to think that I'm in pretty decent shape and that, uh, you know. And you're a single man? Uh, no, no, I'm not actually not single. I actually do have a girlfriend. Oh, okay. All so, right. Well, that must be new. Um, yeah, yeah, well, it, 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 it is relatively new, you know. I mean. I have made references in the past on the show about, you know, being a single guy. And That's go out what and do, I thought. Yeah, and yes. Go out and do things. But no, I, I did have an opportunity. I, I had an opportunity. I did meet somebody, uh, you know, a couple months ago. And, and things, things, things seem I'm to be I'm not going. Barbara Walters, so I won't dig that That's deep. That's fine. But, but uh, no, but things things are going well. 
very, okay, very well, well in that in that area. So, so your podcast is mm-hmm. mostly about movie critiquing, talking about movies, yeah. your passion for movies, yeah. uh, movies you find not so good, but mostly the movies that you really enjoy. You talk very highly of. That's correct. And we know that Jaws is your all time favorite movie. That is my all time favorite movie. But setting yeah. Jaws to the side, yeah, absolutely, Steven Spielberg, which we know you love that director. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, what are your top three movies that you would recommend to your followers? Well, that, jeez. No, the, I would have to. Car, car, uh, I would have nope, to. Ca- got we got to know. No, I would have to categorize those. It, okay. You know, because it's it's I I could list off, I could rattle off a hundred movies. The question the question I would rather ask is if somebody said, "Hey, we want to watch a movie tonight, Dana. What would you recommend?" That's why you're not doing the interview. I am and Dana. I, and I would say I would say that I would ask you what type of movie are you in the mood for. Okay, well, that is a pleasing, a pleasing man, yeah, yeah. which ladies, ladies, we like that, don't we? But, okay, so let's do this off the okay. top of your head. Sure, okay. I will, we'll stick with two. Okay. Your two recommended top horror flicks. Two recommended top horror flicks. All right, so I will go ahead and say that uh, the original Nightmare on Elm Street, I think, is an absolute masterpiece. And then probably one of the most underrated horror movies of the past 33 years would be 1990s, The Exorcist Part Three, which I think is part three, which I think is one of the most psychologically terrifying movies ever made. Okay. And I think it um, it gets it gets lost in the fact that The Exorcist Part Two is such a, a bad movie. That people are just like, I don't want to see The Exorcist Part You know, part I didn't three. even bother to see The Exorcist Part 2. Yeah, it's not good. And the original Exorcist is an absolute masterpiece. Okay, so there it is. And how about your top two action movies? Top two action movies. All right, so probably, and my answer would probably, one, one of the ones is the easy answer. That's Die Hard. I mean, I think it's one of the I great, agree. great action movies of all time. My second choice, that 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 could fluctuate. You know, Do any- you really think Die Hard is your, top, no, your number one? Yeah, it's it's up there. Probably Terminator Two is going to be up there as well. Um, and I'm a massive fan of Speed. I think Speed is oh, just Speed. a perfect, perfect action movie. Oh, okay. So I, 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 that's a movie that starts and just literally never stops. Okay. I think it's incredible. Give us your top two comedies. Top two comedies. All right. So that is tough mm-hmm. as well. Uh, I would say my favorite comedy, as far as how many times I've seen it, and it's still I still get immense pleasure from it, is My Cousin Vinny. And then yeah, that the rest of that list would flip-flop all over the place. I'm a huge fan of the original Naked Gun. I think Superbad is a comedy classic. And frankly, Dumb and Dumber to me is one of the funniest films ever made. And oh, I, yeah, I, I agree, I, And yes. I think that is Jim Carrey's best movie. Oh, yeah. So you're, are you a Jim Carrey fan? Not particularly. Really? No. I mean, I, mean I, I respect him, and I think he's done a few good movies, but like, I don't I'm not chomping at the bit to rewatch a lot of Jim Carrey movies. Like I will, I love the Cable Guy. I love Dumb and Cable Dumber. Guy. I am not a fan of uh, the Ace Ventura movies. What? Uh, yeah, the, the what ma- do you mean? I think the mask is atrociously bad. What? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, you're asking. I'm giving you honest answers. Tell me why. Just tell the, me why the, about the mask. The mask just it's too goofy for me. It's uh, too silly. I what mean, about I, Will Ferrell? Uh depends. Depends on the movie. Anchorman's, depends undergarments or uh, depends on like Anchorman is great. Uh, he is amazing in yes. old school. Yeah, you know, like I like those kind of roles. Do you like the sequel to Anchorman? No, I, I've actually never seen it. What? No, I was never interested in seeing okay. it. It okay. seemed it seemed bloated. The trailer made the movie look bloated. Adam Sandler. Uh, some Adam Sandler movies. I actually like serious Adam Sandler more than I like comedic Adam Sandler. Okay. A couple movies, uh, Punch Drunk Love and Rain Over Me. I think he's excellent. Um, there was a movie that came out. Uh, what was it called? 
Was it the one where oh he, the, the he plays the, the jeweler the shoes the shoe guy no the wobbler the, the cobbler no the gobbler. there's the one where he um I can't remember I can't I can't remember the name it just came out a couple years ago I don't want to see ago. Adam Sandler do serious roles anyway okay no. so okay but uh, okay so we're gonna put him in the same category okay to go on to the next question sure. uh, top two drama slash documentary. Oh well, no, 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 no. to me that's that's two different categories altogether. Okay, give me yeah. the top two dramas. Top two dramas. All right. Well, I mean, right off the bat, uh, Schindler's Godfather, List. Godfather Part Two. Oh, okay. Schindler's List. The Pianist. You know. I forgot. I'm asking you yeah, these questions, good, not me. Goodfellas. You know, like there's. there's Would that be considered a, a drama? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not absolutely. not an action. No, I I would not consider Goodfellas to be an action movie. I definitely consider it to be a, a drama. A dramatic movie, absolutely. Okay, that's tough. There's too many. There's too many movies that could fall into that. Let me category. just ask you this real quick. Yeah, absolutely. Die Hard, Christmas movie or not a Christmas? Well, it movie? takes place on Christmas Eve, and there are references to. There's a literally a, a scene where you know he writes, "Now I have a machine gun." Ho ho ho! So not yeah. just that, but if you ever listen to the music in the background, it's usually it is a Christmas song made very melancholy and morbid yeah. and blah blah blah. Yeah. It is definitely Christmas. Yeah, he uses a the the composer Michael Kamen uses Beethoven's Ninth Symphony in. In, in that in that movie as well cobra cobra Sylvester stallone yeah no uh a quintessential 80s movie i love a movie that takes itself so serious and is so ridiculous at the same time roadhouse falls into that category no, as i'm well. talking about cobra christmas yeah. movie or not a christmas oh, movie. uh i'm gonna say not a christmas movie do you yeah. know that it takes place in december sure at christmas time sure but that by that logic so does lethal weapon and i don't consider that to be a christmas movie oh, see so i'm a big christmas nut so and yeah. i like movies of all genres okay. so on that note i like even lethal weapon i said oh let's watch a christmas movie oh how about lethal weapon sure how about gremlins is a christmas movie uh, it is it yeah. is a christmas movie yeah. and now it's like it's great that you said that yeah. how about staying alive john travolta christmas movie not christmas movie uh not a christmas movie but i think a, a super underrated film that more people need to watch i think it's uh, it's 90 minutes it gets in does its job gets out and i think it's a fascinating look at you know what it was like then and probably is still like now trying in the cutthroat world of broadway and i think it's a vastly underrated movie which we will be doing an episode on yes, staying alive absolutely. shortly 40 yeah. year anniversary Correct. and finally your top two documentaries top two documentaries <sighs> god i didn't see and just want the listeners to know here i had i don't know these I didn't these questions ahead of time. Top two documentaries. That is, I oof. save it for the podcast. Yeah, no, I'm. How I'm about th- Faces of Death? So, so, so there is a documentary that it came out. I think in two thousand and two, two thousand and three, that I I saw a number of times, and it was called The King of Kong: A Fistful of Quarters, which was all about this every man who went on to break the record for Donkey Kong. Oh. And and there was a lot of drama behind the scenes. And I thought that was a really, really good movie. Um, I like a documentary that actually changes people's perspective on things. So um, there was uh, there was a wonderful documentary about NASA that I, I, I can't remember the name of it, but I, I, I loved it. Um, that was an unfair question, actually, to ask yeah, you about documentaries, yeah. because really it's not the go-to for most people. No, but, but there's so many good ones out there. So Well, let me ask you this, yes. Nina. What makes you tick? No, I need a little bit more def- definition in that question. So you're living day-to-day life. Uh-huh. You get in a rut. Yeah. Or maybe you want to do something for the day. We know what you're, what you, what, what you're kind of made of and stuff. Sure. But what motivates you? What inspires you to say when you get up in the morning to say, I'm going to go, I'm going to get dressed. And I'm, today I'm going to go, I'm going to go to the shooting range. Or today I'm going to go to the movies. I'm going to watch a movie or 
Today, I just want to go and just have some time to myself and go bird watching. Well, that's the thing. Okay, that's okay. So the best way for me to answer that is I have come to the realization that our entire lives are nothing but a series of memories. So every day that you live, you're you're filling that memory bank. The question becomes, what kind of memories are you going to fill that memory bank with? Is it going to be the one where you just laid around the house all day and did nothing? Maybe that's that's a, some and so to some people that might not be an awful thing. I know I've done that a few times, and those days were glorious. But for me, it's more about what can I do today to create good memories. And so you so, like to make the best of all of your time. I try to be I try to be as optimistic as possible, which is a lot easier said than done. Um, I'm like everyone. I deal with anxiety on certain issues. I um, I can look at the world and go, God. Things are a little twisted right now, but then I always ask myself, what can I do today that's going to entertain me and possibly entertain others? So, you know, uh, my go-to thing, if you would ask this question 10 years ago, it would have been go to the movies. But now, obviously, I don't, I've been to the movies like three times this year. And you're talking to a guy that used to go to the movies three times a week. I'd see more than 150 movies a year in the theater for for 19 years straight. And then I just stopped. That's kind of sexy if you want, if you ask me. Yeah. Would you call yourself a romantic? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Tell me about it. Tell uh, us about it. Well, I mean, just, you know, you know, I am, you know, you know, when it, when it comes to being involved with somebody, yeah, absolutely. You know, it, it, it's no longer about me. It's, it's, it's about the person I'm with. So do you send flowers? I have. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, the girl I'm seeing now, I took her out for her birthday and took her to a very nice restaurant. And I think to her delightful surprise, I had a, a bouquet of flowers waiting at the table for her. Oh, that and, sounds nice. That sounds very romantic. Yeah, and She commented that that it was. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a classic romantic. Okay. So I'm, I am a hold the door open for the lady I'm seeing. That's nice. You know, you must have been raised well. Uh, oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. If you could play a Hollywood actor. Hmm. Play a Hollywood actor or Hollywood character? Not a character. Okay. So, so you know, I, unless you want to elaborate, but if you could play a Hollywood actor or actress, <laughs> who would it be? Uh, like, are you asking me if I could have a particular actor's life? Like I could be that actor? I think what I'm trying to ask you is, uh-huh. is if you could pick anybody in Hollywood, mm-hmm. actor, I'm yeah. going to say actress because, yeah. hey, you yeah. know, you're, if you're a good actor, you yeah, can play a woman. 2023, we live in a progressive society. Yes, sure. we do. Sure. And I'm, uh, who would it be? Who would you choose? Who Who's the person that would captivate you? Who captivates you in Hollywood? Well, who do you, sig- turn, you know, like signal in on and what you say, I can play that person? Well, I, that's, I'm, that's such a great question. There are, I, I am, I am addicted cool people all right if somebody just oozes cool and charisma i i i feed off of that and there's a few actors out there that i think just just seep charisma you know for me i've always been a huge fan of peter o'toole Hmm. if you've ever seen lawrence of arabia he is just the coolest cat ever peter o'toole huh? and i'm also a big fan of steve mcqueen paul newman 1970s burt reynolds I mean, these guys are all, I mean, these guys are just as cool as can be. And I've, I've always been a big fan of those. You know who I was, who I was all drawn to quite a bit, especially in the nineties was Christian Slater. Oh, you know what though? I know that who, those of you out there that's never had laid eyes on Dana before, he looks like a cross between Christian Slater, Stephen Dorff and Matt Damon. Oh, and I'm a big fan of Stephen Dorff as well. 
Absolutely. Do, you do, do you vape his cigarettes? Oh, the blue? No, I do not. Does it make you want one? No, no. Even I'm, with that 1950s? Listen, he's got the look. He's got the look. Uh, vaping is just not something that I've ever been into. But hey, if people choose to do that to each their own. I'm not judging. Just something. It's not for me. Tomato, tomato. Yeah, it's not for me. So I understand you're a huge fan of Fargo. I am a huge fan of Fargo. It's one of my all-time favorite movies. And it's a movie that I know inside and out. So I would like to for you to act out... You want me to act out? Yes, oh. I do. I okay. do. Okay. Well, give me a scene in the movie. Okay, do the scene to where? Oh, do the scene to where? Uh, what is the guy with the messed up teeth that I Steve love? Steve Buscemi. Steve, Steve Buscemi. Uh-huh. Do the episode to where he gets shot in the face and he's coming back to to the big Russian dude. What's his name? Uh, Grimsley in the movie. Now yeah. he's, that's such a good scene. Yeah. He gets shot in the face and he's wanting to. Well, okay, so so let me split just the money. Let me, yeah, I'll help you out there for a second. So he's at this point, and this is how much I know Fargo. So. So at this point, Steve, Bush- <laughs> Steve Buscemi has met with the father, uh, Wade, and he, he, you know Buscemi thinks he's just collecting forty thousand dollars. No Gene, no money. That's it right there. And he realizes he ends up shooting him. He ends up shooting the father, but the father shoots him in the face, and then he. <laughs> When Why am he, I laughing at this? He leaves the parking garage and he opens up the satchel only to f- reveal that there's a million dollars in there. And he can't believe it. He's just got this bloody face. But he he's smart enough to know that he's got a partner that he's supposed to split 40, you know, supposed to split $80,000 with. Yeah, pretty deadly. He's like, like a really rough partner. So, so he buries the money in the snow and he goes back to his partner and he comes in and he's just, he's he's got he's got this thing over. He's holding a uh, you know, bandage on his face. And he walks in and he, he he puts the money in front of the guy and he goes, you, you should see the other guy. <laughs> and, then, and then he goes, and then, and then Carl goes, what's this? He goes, what's this? And he goes, I have the money. And we split, he goes, we split everything. What, what? And we split the car. He goes, how the fuck do you split a car? Okay. <laughs> Look at me. I got shot in the fucking face. How the fuck do you split a car? I love that. <laughs> Okay, how about do you, you do the scene to where Marge comes in and she's looking for uh, Mr. Lundegaard and she's trying to figure out where the burnt Sienna Cutlass uh, sedan is missing and she comes in to talk to Mr. Lundegaard and she wants okay. to know. Uh, so at that point in the movie, this is not the first time she has met with, with Jerry Lundegaard. Jerry Lundegaard. She, has, she, she hasn't met with him yet. So she's met with him a couple times. So now he's like annoyed. At this point, in this point in the movie, like everything is collapsing around him. And she comes in and she's just like, well, I just had a couple more questions for you there. Now, now, are you, now how do you know that, you know, you have any cars missing? And he's like, ma'am, ma'am, okay, I would know. Heck, I'm the executive sales manager. Heck. And she goes, yeah, but, but, but how do you know? Well, no, no, ma'am, I'm, I'm trying to be cooperative with you. And, well, heck, you want to play games? All right, I'll do a damn lot count. She's like, right now? And he's like, yeah, you're darn tootin'. <laughs> so good. You're so good at that. I love it when you do that. Okay, so thank you for those impersonations. Yeah. Okay, so uh, let's see. You know, I am very, I want to say before I go on any further to mm-hmm. say this is such an honor to be sitting here interviewing, to me, the famous Dana Buckler, oh. because you've come so far in your journey. And well, I'm thank you. Very envious of you. Not envious, but you are very influential on fellow well, and future podcasters. Well, thank you. Thank you've you. You paved a great road. That was to travel. Wow, it's very nice of you to say that. That's Thank true. you. Thank you. Uh, so during your journey this far mm-hmm. in your life, yes. what would you do differently? What would I do differently? Um, you know, the cliche response that I typically give is, is you can't live with regret because if you live with regret, that's going to be all consuming. Having said that, 
if there was a few things that I could have done differently, I probably would have been a little bit better with money when I was in my 20s because because I I did really well working Mm -hmm. as a DJ and I probably could have I probably spent a lot more money than than I should have. But, you know, other than that, um, if every decision I've made has led me to where I am right now, you know, you know, doing a show that I love to do and, you know, having a, a decent job and, and all that stuff. Um, you know, there's, there's not much I would have changed. That's pretty good. Not yeah. many people can say that. Yeah. I mean, everyone says, oh, I wish I did better with money. You yeah. Know, yeah. So. Like, you know, but uh, your DJ life, that's right. You DJed for quite a... About 20 years. Yeah. yeah. On that note, uh-huh. what was one of the most iconic... What was what you remember the most about DJing? What is one thing about DJing that was your best moment? Oh, I've had a lot of good moments. I had a lot of bad moments too. Oh, I'd love to know one. You remember the bad, you can, sometimes you can remember the bad moments, you know, like, you know, I, I, um, gosh, I can tell, I can tell you an interesting story, but I better not because I don't think the statute of limitations has, has cleared on that yet. (laughs) Um, no, I mean, when, like, like to, to let people know when I say it was a DJ, like I wasn't like, you know, like just some, Bar. There was can you beatbox? A, no, I can't beatbox. Give me something. I can't beatbox. <laughs> so, so clearly you can't either. So, <laughs> so and I don't know how I can top that. So, I do better. Gosh, I. But I would know. I when I when I say I would DJ, I would DJ at uh, raves, at warehouse parties, at nightclubs. And to me, the high, the 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 biggest high I would get is when I would finish a set and sometimes I would do an hour and a half set. Sometimes I would do a five hour set. The longest set I've ever did was eight hours straight. Um, and when people just come up and be like, thank you, and they just say, thank you. Thank you for what you did like that. You can't, you can't bottle that. You can't ingest that your own music. Well, no, I mean in, in the line of DJing that I was in, you know, it, it's not like going to a nightclub and, and listening to like top 40 music. You know, people go to nightclubs and they, I know this song, let's dance. Like the type of DJing that I was in, I, I, I looked at it as much more spiritual. Like you would go to these events to hear music you'd never heard before, to be taken on a journey. And that's what I, that's what I thrived on. And I, I got to experience some really, really awesome events and be a part of them. Um, I've played in front of crowds of 10,000 have played in front of crowds of 20, you know, and you know, that's, that's the stuff I love. Now I did have some bad experiences along the way. You know, I, I had my, my record collection stolen from a nightclub. You know, I've been, I've had bottles thrown at me. Kind of comes with the territory, yeah, huh? Yeah, it does. It does. Uh, you know, I've had, I've had situations where I didn't get paid at the end of the night when Ooh. I was supposed to, you know. Did you finally get paid at, or did someone No, there were some, yeah, there were some places I got screwed over, oh, you know, and that's a, that being stranded at an airport, like I was flown out to Green Bay, Wisconsin to do a show in Green Bay. And then my flight was allegedly out of Madison. Uh, excuse me, it was allegedly out of Milwaukee. And when I got to the Milwaukee airport, there was no record of me even having a flight and being stranded and having to take a Greyhound bus home. Oh, that stinks. That, like that. But all of that was just some really interesting adventures. And I met some amazing people along the way. You mentioned spiritual. Would you call yourself spiritual? Yeah, I would. Absolutely. Good. Absolutely. I think there's just too many things in my life that has happened not to think that there's there's some there's some kind of plan out there. Right, right. You know, but I do believe in free will at the same time. I believe you're given the tools and then you get to make the decision. Well, I'm sure your journey of podcasting and uh having a a 
ton of followers and listeners. I bet you got to know a lot of people throughout your journey. Yeah, yeah. Um, anybody you'd like to touch on? That's something like. Well, I will say that one of the, for me, one of the biggest deals. Now, I've I've been lucky to have some some pretty well known people on my show throughout the years. Obviously, John Travolta, Leah Thompson. You know, some, who? Leah Thompson. Oh, I, I know John. Who? John, yeah, John Travolta. Oh, I, oh, up and comer, up and comer. Yeah. Oh, okay. he's he's gonna make a name for himself. I'll have to look him up. But I will tell you, I know the, who Leah Thompson and Lover. The biggest the biggest deal for me when I started the podcast because there were two podcasts that inspired me to want to do a podcast, and one was called. They're they're still both going. They're still both very popular and very active. Uh, the first podcast was a podcast called We Hate Movies, which is a very, <laughs> very popular podcast. It's a comedy podcast where they take a look at bad movies and they just riff on them. And it's a lot of fun. And that, I discovered that because they did an episode on Jaws, The Revenge, and I was listening to it. And I was laughing my ass off. And then there's another podcast called F This Movie, mm-hmm. which is hosted by a gentleman by the name of Patrick Bromley. And both of those shows inspired me to want to do a podcast and to me, one of the greatest things about my podcast was within a couple years of doing my show, I got to have both of those hosts oh, do oh. come on my show. Oh, that's really nice. You know, and Patrick's been on my show quite a few times, and I had the, the, the main host of We Hate Movies on my show. And, and what I remember about that was it was such a big deal for me to talk to these guys and to have them on my show. And I, I still keep a great relationship with F this movie and the, you know, some of their other, some of the other co-hosts on that show have been guests on my show. And, and it's, it's my, if someone always asks me, what's your favorite podcast? And it's hands down F this movie. It's the, sh- every Wednesday. When I was going to ask that question, yeah. but I didn't. Yeah. But- because, because they, they have been consistent. They've been doing this for a few years longer than I have. And the host, Patrick Bromley is we're roughly, we're roughly around the same age. He might be a year older or younger than me. But when I listen to him talk, I I feel like I'm just listening to like a buddy of mine talk. And so I'm a big, big fan of of what they do. And podcasting has exploded. Yes. That's what I was going to ask you. Everybody has a podcast. Would you say the market's getting flooded with podcasting? Would you say they're not taking it seriously? Well, no, I personally believe podcasting is the future, which I've heard you say that many, many times. In fact, you're very, you inspire me. Well, so it's much. funny because, uh, because in 2012, I knew some, uh, I won't call them venture capitalists, but they were definitely some businessmen who, um, definitely some businessmen who, who, who would invest in startups and things like that. And I happened to know one of them and I went and pitched them an idea. This is in 2012. And I had a whole presentation, a, uh, you know, PowerPoint presentation about, I need money. I want to start a podcast network. And they just didn't even understand what I was talking about. I was like, we'll have multiple shows. We'll be covering these topics, these topics, these topics. And they were just like, we, we don't even know what a podcast is. Well, how is that different from radio? And I was like, I was trying to answer all the questions. I said, no, it's, it's, it's radio on demand. Just like everything else, we live in an on-demand society. This is the future. And I pitched it to them. And then when was uh, this? This is in 2012. So this okay. is 11 years ago. Right. So, so follow up around. 2020, I ended up running into one of the guys and I happened to be at a bar and he's having a drink and he just looks at me. He goes, I really fucked yeah, up. By not, I guess not, so. He goes, how far ahead would you, would you be right now if I had done it? And I said, listen, I said, I'm doing great. I'm doing fine. He goes, 
what can I do now? I'm like, no, that, that, that ship has come and went, you know, but, but I, I mean, and so he goes, he goes, you were so forward thinking about that. And I said, yeah, no, I know. He goes, what else do you think is going to hit? Yeah. Yeah, buddy. Back off. You know, so, you had your chance. So. Down boy. Okay. So, uh, the last question <coughs> I want to ask you before we wrap this up, yes. I don't want to take any more of your time. I know you're a busy man, but what's one question that you wished I would have asked you and, uh, why I would like for you to think long and hard and what, what do you want people to know? What, what do you wish I would have asked you? Hmm. What's my end game with the podcast? Nice. Okay. And my answer is I don't have one. All right. I have, I'll never be satisfied. I don't know where the journey goes. If you would have asked me five years ago, where do you think you'd be with your podcast? My answer would have been, I don't know, but I'd still be doing it. So as I'm coming up on the 10 year anniversary, which will be in November, somebody says, where are you going to be five years from now? I don't know, but I'll still be doing it and I'll never be satisfied. And I'm, there's so many people out there that they have this goal. I'm going to get here. But once you get there, it's going to be cool for a week. And then you're going to be like, huh? So if you always stay hungry and you always stay motivated, uh, and, and learn to enjoy the journey and not the destination, I think you're going to, you're going to have a great time. And that's very humble of you. Yeah. That's, that's where I'm at. So beautiful words. Thank you. And I hope that all you listeners out there and everyone who wants to start a podcast will listen to Dana. He knows what he's talking about. And today's been very, this has been very enjoyable. Well, thank you for having me on. This was, this was great. This was, uh, like I said, when you reached out and said, can I interview you and ask you some questions? I was like, sure. Yeah. I had no idea what to expect. So the, you know, thank you. Thank you for having oh, me. And no. I'm going to, and I'm going to put this on my, my podcast feed so the listeners can hear it. Okay. Well, I'd like to say the pleasure was all mine, but it's probably all yours. No, Just kidding. No. <laughs> no, the pleasure was all mine. Well, thank you. Thank you, Jesse. I appreciate that so and much. And your tenure will be in November it and will. I hope you're going to be around for another 10. Oh, I feel I, I, I hope so as well. Yes. Perfect. Well, thank, thank you, Dana. Thank you for having me. This is Jesse with joint laughter podcast, and I hope you enjoyed it. Good night. Mm-hmm.